Hello and welcome to Franchise Sports Talk Baseball. Uh, this is just me and Sam talking about baseball, if you've not tuned in before. Um, so yeah. So our first podcast in a while. Uh, we had two weeks of nothing happening in the UK. We've got a new Prime Minister in that period, I think. The pound... Yeah. Are we just really trying to claim we we observed the period? Yeah, that, that was it. That was it. I've become a staunch royalist. And the um, also the yeah, okay. The pound that, that is the um, pound is worth less than a dollar now since last of the podcast. That was happened. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, if 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 you go to certain places, you probably would get a negative exchange. Yeah, yeah. That that's what's happened. Uh, There's actually. Baseball hasn't changed as much as that stuff makes it sound in that period. Um, the yeah, wildcard um, races that looked like they were going to be really good um, are like not as tight, maybe hoped. No, I mean we are we're now uh, we've got like about eight games Something left, like isn't it? Time of recording. Um, probably by the time people are listening to this, it's basically all to be done. Um, and there's really only like, well, there, I, there's one playoff spot. There's any contention, I think, really now. Barring the, the Mariners actually having an all-time collapse to extend their drought. Yeah, which, yeah, it's quite well, well done to them, I suppose, in making it. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I've already said they've made it. I mean, three and a half games back the Orioles with... Well, they've got eight to play. It would, it would, um, it would be good news for the Sacramento Kings if the Mariners fell out of it from here. Well, because does it make the Kings? Yeah, the, the Kings long, become the longest playoff, playoff drought in the four leagues if the Mariners make it. Yeah, so that's one record for you. That's a milestone season. It's genuinely right. really um, significant for Seattle, though. Because they've had lots of like famous players and some pretty good teams, and this is a historic playoff drought. Yeah. So when was when was it last made the playoffs? Uh, it's over twenty years, isn't it? Because so it was when they actually had a really good team, and they basically had like two thousand one was the ones. last time they made the postseason, uh, which is also when they won one hundred and sixteen games. And they did, yeah. That was that. Although that wasn't that the season after they got rid of someone. After they got rid of someone, who was Alex Rodriguez? Uh, no, that was the first season at Itro, wasn't it? Wasn't that they got rid of like they got rid of Alex Rodriguez and got Itro? Something like that. That could be true. Yeah. Wait a sec. We're going. We've gone a long way into the weeds. We've gone all the way into the weeds to find some history about the... Oh, yeah, it was. It was his final season with the Mariners. 2000 was A-Rod's final season with them. Yeah, so it it was quite cool, actually, because they basically... um, 2000 as well, they didn't just have A-Rod, didn't they? Didn't they have other Yeah, I mean, they won 91 games then, then 116. It was like... Okay, that's Ricky Henderson, a really old Ricky Henderson, two thousand. Edgar Martinez, thirty-seven-year-old Edgar Martinez, a young Alex Rodriguez, 
Um, yeah. I was Jay going to Booner. say someone else, but that might be... Yeah, Jay Booner, if you like. If you want, yeah. Add him. Yeah. Um, but anyway, basically, yeah, they had like this ridiculous lineup. And then they got rid of them all and got each row and got like way better. Yeah. Well, it's, um, that, so that's like the start of it is that was their last one was 116. But even in 02 and 03, they won 93 games each year, 88 in 2007, 85 in 2009, which sometimes gets you in, 87, 2014, 86, 2016, 89, 2018, and 90 last year. So it's like, I guess compared to, I mean, it's the nature of the baseball playoffs as well. You can have a playoff drought and still have loads of really good teams. That's kind of the brutal thing yeah. about it is um, they're, they're going to get over the line here by the looks of it. But they're only 83 and 70 at the moment. Since they last made it, they, this could be like actually a way down their list of uh, best seasons, basically. Oh, of course, as well, actually. We're talking about that period of the Mariners. So 2000 was that season I was talking about. If you go back to 99, they had um, Ken yeah. Jr. as well. Yeah. And obviously, since then, they've had... I think that's more like, if you look at late 90s Mariners teams, they're just absurd. Um, and since then, they've not... I mean, they've tried a couple of times. Well, they had Felix they? Hernandez. Like the, when they gave Robinson Cano all the money. I mean, they've had... The thing is, they've had like some solid to better players. I mean, Robinson Cano, obviously Felix was like a massive star in his own right. Um... It's, it's a weird one. Like, they're kind of... It's not like they've actually been in the baseball wilderness. I think that's what's strange about this playoff drought, and it does just kind of shine a light on partly why having the expanded playoffs is slightly better, I think, is I know, like, there's this argument, if it gets any bigger, you yeah. get mediocrity in it. This is actually the thing as well. If they didn't they'd have the expanded probably playoffs... Now. They're currently in the third wildcard spot, so... Yeah. Um, and I, th I think it's just quite a good story, really. And they've got this young core. It's also really nice to have, like, so Toronto obviously had, like, their kind of breakthrough last year, but they're now actually going to be a playoff team. Is instead of just being, oh, yeah, we're excited about this team that's, like, around 500, is we're at least going to get a couple of games by the looks of it with this yeah. Seattle core um, in postseason, which is kind of fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's kind of a shame Baltimore going to end up missing out, but it kind of did seem a year it's also too just early amazing that even close. I mean, them being there is like a huge achievement, I mean, really. Like, it would have been absolutely ridiculous if they'd made the playoffs this year. Like, that would have... I don't think anyone... You could have made a lot of money if you bet on that at the start of the year, I think. Um, I would also... I mean, this is a slightly different note. Uh, we've spoken about them a lot, as it is. The fact the Orioles are four games ahead of the White Sox and five ahead of the Twins is absolutely mental. Give, yeah, I mean, well, the White Sox have just... But given who they, have to, they get to play against or have to play against in either case. So, um, Minnesota is 30 and 40... No, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong column. Minnesota is 26 and 44 against teams over 500. 
Yeah. So, I mean, the White Sox are 26 of 35. How have they played so many fewer games? What do you mean? All their games left, I guess, must be. No, that's what I mean is that because their division. Yeah, but but the Twins are. Why isn't it the time that you. This is the time you play. Yeah, I guess I guess a lot of that is just random. There's a bit of that. Also, I am. Wait, did I make a note of this? Uh, yeah, so the White Sox do play the Padres um, in their remaining games. Anyway, I don't really, there's no need to talk about them that much, is there? They're out of it. It's kind of embarrassing they're both out of it. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, both the, the, both the Mariners and the Orioles really shouldn't have been better than them. No, and the fact they are, I think, creates kind of existential questions, particularly for the White Sox. Um, like the thing that I shared with you earlier that someone, uh, I wish I could remember, who put it together, the graph of payroll and like analytics department size, basically, wasn't it? Um, and yeah. unsurprisingly, the White Sox, the twins were towards the lower end of that as well. Um, and yeah, you just sort of wonder where they go from here because... Yes, yeah, it's, it's all sewn up with like a week to go, isn't it? Pretty much the American League stuff. And they're not close. Yeah, the, yeah, there's not, it's difficult to see much at moving. I mean, there's not even um, a chance to, well, break into division winners, are there? But division winners aren't going to change. No. They're In clinched. fact, they already clinched. Well, that's another really interesting thing to touch on with. I, yeah, we do a little bit in Cleveland actually, because they just like they always win, don't they? Like, it's, they are they are the small market yeah. uh, Dodgers in a way, and it's just like whatever changes they still end up winning the division. Yeah. It feels like but it's it's pitching for them, isn't it? They just seem to manage to ch- t- churn out pitches. Right, yeah, something going on. Like a cat just jumped on something. I don't know what it is. That'll be fine. Um, okay, yeah. It, and then the offense, just like they're just getting enough. Like obviously Jimenez, um, Naylor, and kind of like random guys coming and sporting Jose Ramirez. They are their offense is even like old school, and I think there's like reasonable questions about how that's going to like translate to the playoffs. As in, they're the lowest in K rate since the start of August, and I think for the year they've got a 95 WRC yeah. plus over that period as well. Okay, this is the thing of. I mean, I I do always like to point to the thing of K rate is usually a good indicator. Well, that's what I was kind of getting at. But I don't know if that's changed. I don't. I feel like there's a chance that's changed over the last few years because it feels like now just all the big playoff games are just decided by who hits the most moment. I feel like there is an element of um. It's like the not striking out like gives you a chance of hitting the home run though, as in like. That because yeah. that indicates the level of discipline, and that's what's really important against like the top guys. You just can't like mess up. The problem is Cleveland doesn't have the power either. Um, like where are we over that same period? They are yeah. they are dead last in isolated power. They have worse ISO yeah. than the Marlins and Tigers over pretty much too much stretch. And yeah. I, I feel like that's a problem. Two is, I mean, ultimately, what you want to be is like the Astros and Dodgers, where you don't strike out. 
and you walk and you hit home runs, uh, particularly the Astros. So the lowest strikeout rates since the start of last month are Cleveland, St. Louis, who have the best offense over that period, Houston, the Mets, uh, Toronto, and San Diego. So it is that what not striking out is good. They are like loads of the best offenses in the league. And Cleveland. Yeah. They just don't strike out, but it doesn't actually like have them. Yeah, but it, basically if they did strike out, they'd be a bad team. Yeah, they'd be horrendous. Probably. That's kind of their thing, not striking out. One thing though about that situation, the general, the kind of position Cleveland are in, which I think also, as much as we said, like how kind of impressive it is that Cleveland keep winning. Um, but like, they, even though they've got rid of everyone pretty much the last few years. Um, the, how the playoffs now work, I think is like, this kind of shows like the good side of it. Because it's not about winning division now, it's about being the two best division winners. Yeah. So before, Cleveland would be on the same, like have the same position as the Yankees and the Astros. Uh, the they are back, are they eight advantage. million games behind them, I think, roughly? Yeah. Yeah, so they are behind the Houston Astros. Yeah. And well, if the Yankees hadn't like messed up the second half of the season so much, they would be similar for them or more even. Um but the, yeah, they actually have less wins than the Blue Jays. It's possible the they finish and, um yeah, with the third best record of the wildcard teams. And actually, because you've got Yeah. They are basically because you've got teams. the the three-game home field thing in the wildcard round for the top two teams. I yeah. even argue I would not mind if the third division winner basically, like your win total then matters in that seeding as well. Yeah, but with this it doesn't, does it? Is it just that they get Yeah, they will be anyway. the top of the wildcard seeds. Yeah. Even if they've got the worst yeah. record. I mean, I guess that doesn't make that much difference. I guess it, it still gives that little bit of separation between winning your division yeah. and not. Which I don't mind, but I think it is, it's still kind of good that because it's often the case where one of the division winners, if there's a really weak division, is just they're just nowhere near as good as the other teams. The Have other you seen teams. the? Uh, I, I've got the. Yeah. I mean, the expected win loss, like the run differential stuff. I mean, the, <laughs> the Astros are actually on theirs, and the Yankees is um, one win behind the Astros, and then Cleveland on eighty three. So they've exceeded their expected win loss. Yeah. They're nineteen behind Houston and that. But by expected win loss, then they're worse than Seattle. Yeah. So yeah, it's I quite like that change anyway. Well, I think it's a weird so for all the criticism of the extending the wild card, is actually that puts more onus on the regular season. For the good teams, yeah. With, with the, um, it's, it's it's a really good solution. I think. Probably said this before, but yeah, it, it kind of does both. Is you get to get the more like, get an extra team in. So you're helping the teams that are like helping teams try and be competitive that maybe wouldn't have been, and at the same time the teams that are, like, really good. You, there's a little bit more of an element of competition for that. The one fate, I mean, I think there will be better examples of it opening up competitiveness than this year as well. Like, as is always going to be the case, if you have two spots, sometimes two teams are going to be way better. 
the other three spots, sometimes there's going to be a proper gap there, is while the National League, which I guess we'll come on to in a minute, is still pretty much up for grabs. Um, it's not as, like, they, you could easily see a situation where maybe the top two of the three wildcard teams are further ahead, but then you've got three teams in the last week really neck and neck for the last spot. We don't really have that. Like, obviously, the Giants are actually eliminated and they're fifth in the wildcard standings at the moment in the National League. And we've already spoken about the White Sox and the Twins, who are not anywhere near. I, there's going to be times when this is really open, I think. Yeah. I think, yeah, if, if you had this situation in some of the last couple of years, it would have been a better example of it. Yeah, and also, if for the people who are who would argue against it, um, well, the Mets and Braves situation. Yeah. Should we go on to that now, then? A little tricky. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, yeah, that is... Even even though they're both going to make the postseason, that is... um, That's exciting, isn't it? I mean, they're currently both tied on 97 wins. So, So you'd expect they're going to be both 100-win teams. And then one is going to have to go into the wild card. A bit like the Giants-Dodgers situation last year, actually. Yeah, the argument... The, and it's there's huge things to play for here. I mean, if because they've both won so many games, it it creates um, this, this bigger gap between winning it and not. Is because, obviously, the fact that they're, they're, they're going to be the second seed, whoever wins the East means you get the bye. Um, yeah. And I mean, it, it's good for drama. I'm not, I guess the argument against this whole uh, structure for the postseason would be that's not particularly fair. I mean, sport isn't fair a lot of the time anyway. Um, whereas like in the Central, when it did look like there was going to be a division race there, the AL Central, that is, sorry, and even the NL Central, is there was a bit of this like... Uh, extra jeopardy where like you either win the division or you probably don't make it but then I think that's yeah. a good thing is if you win 100 games you should get one of the spots to go in um, yeah I, I don't know. it's pretty awesome how it's played out to be honest the Braves just every year now seem to do the second half of the season nonsense yeah which seems to be the way to go about it as well I think if you if you want to win the World Series, like do it in the second half. Yeah, I don't know if there's because I've I feel that too. It's like it feels like being good in. I, yeah, I don't know if that evidence actually supports that. Well, there but... is some evidence to it. Of I mean, I think a disproportionate number of wildcard teams have actually got to the World Series since they introduced that format. Um, yeah. We're over the next, it'll probably have to be like a decade before we can even read anything into it, if they stick with this. It'll be interesting how having three games potentially changes that, with like messing up rotations for going into the next round and that sort of thing. Yeah, it's like it's a whole new era, basically, isn't it? Well, it's very different. If you think that like, so the Mets, if they go into a wildcard series, it means an extra game out of the arms of DeGrom, Scherzer and... I guess it'll be it'll be Bassett. All That's three of those yeah. will be 
So that means they, I can't, I don't know exactly how the dates fall. They end up like using their fourth guy in game one. Yeah. And then also if, if you do end up getting to the World Series, even later at that point, it's like, it's an extra like yeah. game. Well, and, and Scherzer was like guys. burned out. What, what was the phrase they used? Was it dead arm in the playoffs last year? You know, like, yeah. and I, actually both Scherzer and DeGrom have ended up not pitching that much this season, which could be a a kind of bonus for them. Um, yeah. Although, although DeGrom coming back in the second half has really helped my fancy too. Yeah. I, I, I went went in for him early on and I basically just banked on him coming back to the end of the season for a bit and he did. We've seen yeah. scores. We've seen scores some. Yeah. Well, DeGrom has basically been like Jacob DeGrom uh, and Scherzer has basically... I... Um, I mean, I guess is why they did it. They partly did it for insurance and they have had windows where one of them's been in the rotation and not the other. And it's this thing is... I mean, obviously, they want to get beyond playing a three-game series. But even if you... Yeah, but it's a pretty big advantage in a three-game three series. series. I, it feels quite unlikely we're going to beat them, doesn't it? Yeah. Like... Yeah, that's a huge advantage. Because no one else has got anything really that close to that. No, there's not really that I mean, it's pitches. hard to be that close to it, to be honest. Like around, around the kind of that level of the, what actual aces, like, you know, will give you lots of strikeouts and go well, distance in games. There's not I was going to correct myself like there when I was saying that not many other teams have got that. It's because, I mean, they're like, what, is it like in the 21st century, two of the like 10 best starting pitchers or something? Maybe even less than that. On like on like peak performance. Yeah. What have you talked about? Have you talked about not, not on resume because Degrom doesn't have maybe the the quantity and stuff. But yeah. it's like the last decade. It's like what? That that it's like Kershaw, five. Verlander, those two. Am I missing? I'm, yeah. I might be missing. I'm probably one. missing someone. But like that's the, that's the sort of thing they've got. <laughs> Um, and then yeah. the guys behind them are not bad. No, Bassett's been really good, hasn't he? Isn't he? Well, he's leading the team in a lot of things, isn't he? Like innings. And he's got like a free summing ERA. Yeah. And their bullpen is sneakily actually like solid enough. Wait. Is that everyone yeah. Diaz been good, And also, he? yeah, on, on the Scherzer de Grom starts, it might not matter. It might just be. Scherzer and DeGrom give the ball to Edwin Diaz and then it's like... Yeah, and um, Lindor's had a bounce back again as well. Like he, After last year, he wasn't brilliant, no. was he? Uh, he's, he's actually been good. He's got over 100 RBI. I mean, guess RBI is not a great stat, but it does it show shows something. that he's playing as well. Yeah, it, sh- it shows that he's basically he's made a big contribution to the team in some way. Um, what whatever his rate numbers are, but yeah, um, yeah, they so they have a series. Out. I think they've both got two series left, the Braves yeah. and the Mets, and one of them against each other, which unfortunately isn't the final series. 
um, an absolute shocker of the schedule. I think it's now. In fact, so what's happened? So the, I think the, the Braves are just finishing off playing the Nationals tonight. The Mets are just finished off playing the Marlins. Then they're playing each other. And then they're switching. So the Mets are finishing off against the Nationals and the Braves are finishing off against the Marlins. So it's the, their last... Um, Eight or nine games are level, basically. Yeah, nine, I guess. Well, the the, the Mets are playing... I've only played two against the Marlins. They're second against the Marlins tonight. I don't know why they've got a two-game series with the Marlins, but there you go. What? Okay, I guess that's that's the kind of thing they do now, isn't it? it might, that, um, I don't know. That could be lockout weirdness. I'm not sure. Yeah, it probably is. Um, I mean, it's, the last few years, though, have just been weird schedules, so who knows what is normal anymore. Um, but yeah, I've, that's... I mean, that's like... Um, one of those kind of early, almost like playoff-like preview series, I feel like. Yeah. Um, by far going to be the, the most impactful series. Yeah, so basically there's the NL East is what's left to play for and the last wildcard spot, which is only, I mean, it's one, it's 1. 1.5, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, that, that Milwaukee 1.5 back. Philadelphia have lost seven out of the last ten as well. Um, Milwaukee are an interesting, like, because they did that strange, like, compete now and compete later stuff at the deadline. Since the 1st of August, they've got the second, 22nd, sorry, ballpen FIP. They've got a 98 weighted runs created plus over that same period as well. You know, not good, basically, for a playoff team. That that's like not sufficient. And then, but they also play Miami and Arizona. Yeah. So they're like they're kind of in position to snatch that. Yeah, without being a good team, really. Yeah, this is. I guess this is the downside of the format a little so, bit. Is where it doesn't feel like these are particularly great teams that are left. Hunter Renfro has been their best hitter. Yeah. yeah, that's that's certainly a thing. That is not good, is it? Really, I mean, they've, they've, no. quite, they've got quite a few guys that have just been okay, but no one's really stood out. Uh, stood out. Um, yeah, it's all about the pitching, really, isn't it? Always is with the. I feel brothers. like come playoff time, though, this is where you get like an offense that. It does enough to win regular season games. Can be when they face the best pitches. It's just like they don't do anything. Yeah, it can be. Yeah, particularly if, particularly if they're like like well, Renfro being their best hitter, who is a high strikeout guy. Generally, they are sixth highest strikeout percentage over the last two months. They walk quite a lot, um, and they do have a bit of power. But I just, I feel like there's a, something in like having pedigree when it, be, it being a hitter in the postseason. Is it's almost like there's there's the guys who over like the huge sample of regular season, it can all sort of add up to getting you enough wins to get there. Yeah. And then sometimes it's like, well, 
somehow you've got to get like three runs off Jacob deGrom tonight. And you see it sometimes, don't you? Is it's just yeah. like oh, there's a part of this lineup that like can't and then, foul the ball off. Yeah. Yeah, like like when rookies come and get overmatched, but when it's the top top pitches, it's like that kind of floor almost goes up of how good you have to be to be able to just play. Yeah, and game. I mean to even like drive their pitch count up and stuff to make it so that you, like we just touched on the Mets, to make it so that you do get a go at someone that's not Scherzer or Diaz. Like that you've got, you've got to be able to, whether it is just battling or it's occasionally like forcing them into a walk. Um, I kind of worry about teams where there's not that like, there are guys here who can play at that level. Um, and that's a very sort of um, almost subjective thing, I guess. But then also there's probably just like, what has their ceiling been as a hitter in their career? Kind of factor there yeah. too. Um, and with the Brewers, I just like, I guess, yeah, they, they may well sneak in. And also with their pitching, as we've seen in the past, is like there is a chance that they just win a couple of series because they don't allow any runs at all. Yeah, I... I mean, I, I kind of hope they get in instead of the Phillies. Um, just because it's nice to see their pitching in the postseason, really. I guess, I mean... I mean, although the Phillies have got better pitching these days, haven't they? I mean, that's why they're not... So they've good. got... Uh, tonight, they play the Cubs. The Cubs again tomorrow. Four with the Nationals. That all sounds pretty good, doesn't it? That all sounds nice. Um, but then they close out with three against the Astros. So if this goes oh, into yeah. last weekend, yeah, that, that could be it. yeah, might be Justin Verlander going for the Cy Young as well in the last start of the year or something. Yeah, that's definitely in the Brewers' favour, actually, isn't it? I mean, not not hugely given that the Phillies have a couple, like couple game lead, but that strength of schedule most makes it even. Although, yeah, I mean, they've got the Nationals before, which might. I guess that is the easiest possible yeah. thing you can have in the majors at the moment, probably. But yeah. the Phillies just profile as like as an interesting, well, almost not an interesting team, and I mean that in like a nicer way than usual. Their bullpen is like fine, and I mean like that's a massive improvement on where they've been at times recently. Their lineup is obviously good but maybe not as good as like the name suggests it could slash should be and then the rotation yeah. has like obviously two like ace level guys in Wheeler and Nola and then pretty solid mid to back end stuff I mean it's nowhere near sort of what this has all been hyped to be with the money spent the trades made and that kind of thing it feels like we do like a lot of Philly bashing on this, I think. And they've deserved it quite often. And eat, But even with this, you look at it and it's like, this is brutal how far back they are on the Braves and Mets. Because this is like the peak of this core, yeah. of this roster. And the Braves aren't going to get worse. Because they just bring up random guys from AA and they're like all-star level players. And then they extend them for 25 years. And the Mets are just going to spend, I think, basically indefinitely. So it's a pretty yeah. tricky spot. Like you thought, well, it's sort of like, is there, is like the third wild card going to be their ceiling? That's what they're going to be aiming for. I mean, without the wild, third wild card. Well, they'd be in trouble. Again. 
They'd... Although, I mean, they're not a million miles off the Padres, who... They are 24 and 34 against teams over 500, which, again, I don't know what, like, the long-term, mm. af- like, read on that is with how it affects the playoffs. But in general, it feels like a kind of simplistic way of doing it. But when you play the good teams in the regular season, how do you do? If the answer is bad, um, yeah. they're who you're going to be playing every game for a month. Um the only thing I would maybe qualify with that is loads of their games against teams over 500 are not a normal 500. That would be the Dodgers. So, like the Dodgers. Um, although they are going to probably have to beat the Dodgers if they're going to get to the World Series. So yeah. there's there's that in it too. Um, and they, they, they slumped, didn't they, a bit in the second half after, you know, the trade. Yeah, I mean, the old tattoo stuff is really... Like really not good for them in general, is it? Going forward, it's like obviously it's bad for this year. Um, like they, after all the hype about him last season, it's like not going to play a single game for them this year. Um, and then obviously, like, what does that mean? Like beyond this season? Yeah, I mean, some of the murmurs, chemistry-wise, coming out of that news are. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of the. Like staff and the team and stuff, like really not happy with them either. So, who knows? It might be this like they've made this huge, this huge coup by getting Soto, and it's like, well, I guess Soto's just going to replace Tatis. It's like Tatis is just going to be a factor anymore or not? Yeah, because there was a window there after the deadline where it looked like they might not even make the playoffs, which would obviously have been like an all-time calamity. They've actually gone 34 and 26 in the second half, which is better than I seem to remember. It's helped by 13 and 9 in uh, September. There was also a a brief period not so long ago where it looked like their final series with the Giants could be where the Giants like play spoiler for them. But that's kind of gone out the window as well now. It looks like they should be. They should be okay. They've got two more with the Dodgers, three with the White Sox, and three with the Giants. And the White Sox are just losing every single game now. So. That helps. Yeah, they're also quite comfortable in there, aren't they? They're, well, they're, they're four games ahead of Milwaukee. Yeah, it would take quite a collapse. Um, but I just, I don't really know what how to feel about them going to the playoffs because, again, they've got, I mean, they're kind of the in-theory team, aren't they? They're a li- they are the Brooklyn Nets of, of Major League Baseball. Is everything on paper with them? Even their rotation, we're talking about like who could really get close to the Mets rotation-wise. Like, Snell, 2.76 FIP. Musgrove, 3.68. Darvish, 3.3. That sounds... That sounds like the stuff, doesn't it? That's like a... That's a front three that should be scary in a playoff series. But I just... I don't know. Maybe it's like... Maybe it's a little bit of division rival bias, or it's just like I don't know. I, I don't believe it. I just there's there's something. That I think the Darvish has had high profile, obviously like meltdown level starts. Yeah, um, Snell has been kind of inconsistent for the last what couple of years, really. Yeah, like m- more than inconsistent. Like when he's bad, he's horrendous. Yeah. Yeah, inconsistent was maybe being too like, kind. Can't, can't finish knitting. And now, um, as a team, they're a 108 no. WRC plus, 
which is 10th since the start of August. It's like, yeah, uh, I mean, that that's good, isn't it? But it's not, that doesn't, they're not scary, I think, basically, is the thing. And given all the moves they've made, no. they kind of should be a scary opponent. Yeah, they're not, they don't seem quite like the super team that they are supposed to be at the moment. If if you have Tass in that lineup, it, I mean, it does change it quite a lot. Yeah. But... Yeah, well, massively. Although even then I would yeah. argue like I feel like the two East teams and the Dodgers are on are on like a separate level, pretty much. Um although even with the Dodgers, because partly their injuries to the rotation, and it feels weird like they might win they're gonna win over hundred and ten again, aren't they? By the looks of things. Their yeah. starting rotation, there's just that. It's been incredible, but there's again this like missing people just feels like it's going to matter. Like not having Bueller is important, even if the guys who've come in behind him in the regular season have been dominant. Yeah, it's funny though, isn't it? Because it seems like it's important and it should be important. But then it's just. It just doesn't make any sense, does it, really? I think it kind of goes back to the pedigree thing a bit, though, is where they like the witchcraft in the regular season is different to being able to do it in the playoffs. Obviously, some people manage yeah, to translate so like, yeah. it, but if they had Bueller, Urias, Kershaw going as the front three... Yeah, like, like you don't expect Tyler Anderson and Andrew Heaney to... Or even Tony Gonsolin. Like, and we—I might be wildly yeah. wrong, um, but like, I, yeah, I, I'm prepared to be completely wrong because it's kind of counterintuitive. It sort of goes against how I would usually look at projecting baseball performance. Is what they done for the whole regular season? But then there's just a bit of me that's like, I don't know. I, I feel like the team with Degrom and Scherzer might be like the. I feel so much better about that. And it's not like we're talking about DeGrom and Scherzer with like a, a lineup that's like 10% below league average either. Yeah. And then the closer that's striking out like whatever it is, like 50% of hitters or something stupid that Diaz has been doing this year. Well, that feels like, that feels like quite a good formula plus all the depth they got from spending more money. Yeah, I mean, that, I don't know. They're, they're still. It's kind of ridiculous, though, because this year it seemed like maybe they'd like not be as good as they have been. Like, after finally not winning division, and then Seager left, and then like Bueller's been out all year and stuff. And they've somehow just been better. And I, it doesn't. It's weird because it sort of doesn't add up. Like, the, the pitching stuff's obvious. But um, so Justin Turner's actually come back a bit after a really bad start. But Bellinger, Muncie, and Taylor are all below league average. And Freeman's been yeah, good, but like their big name guys haven't been like they're not having like Mike Trout seasons to make up for this stuff. No, it it's bizarre, isn't it? How they managed to be just so Although ridiculously good. Tr Trace Thompson constantly. coming in and like. 
you know, an absolute scorching does help. That that's been one of their things this year, hasn't it? Is where some of their other diamonds in the rough they've found have like slipped up a bit, and then Trace Thompson's come in and gone absolutely. He's gone like clay in the third quarter. Is ridiculous. I mean, they used to have Trace Thompson, didn't they, years ago, and he was like awful. Maybe awful's a bit harsh, but. I mean, not far. In 2017, he had a four. Yeah, I mean, only in, only in 55 player appearances. But yeah, I mean, oh. his career until now has not been like this. I think it's fair to say. I think this is this is an outlier so far. And he's 31. Like, it's not like before he was a child and now he's he's developed. Although what I would say, that there must have been a reason why they had him before. Yeah. There would have been a reason they had him before, and it didn't quite work out. And now it's like, okay, yeah, this is now. Now this is well, right. yeah, like we've seen, it doesn't happen very often with these teams who are good at stuff. Because if there's someone they really believe in, they tend to stick with them. But even like with the Giants, with Connor Joe, you kind of yeah, there was a reason they had it. They, they saw him and thought he was good, and it just didn't wasn't work um, out. Max Muncy was at mm-hmm. Oakland, wasn't he? Yeah, he was originally. Yeah, so uh, that's another one where it's like oh, yeah, a team that we know kind of knows what they're doing with player yeah. development. Basically, it's like they give it a go for as long as they can, and oh no, we'll let someone else have a shot. Is that kind of same pattern? Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have got that much more to add on the National League. Yeah, are we? Do you I, want to do a quick? Uh, who do you think gets the World Series? Sure. I mean. I mean, I'm going to go for the Dodgers. Against? Um, the Yankees. Why not? I'm just going against all the stuff I'm saying about having a strong second half, but... Aaron Judge might just hit, like, 40 home runs in the playoffs, though. Yeah. And then he'll... Yeah, he'll hit the winning home run in the World Series against the Dodgers and then go to the Giants. Yeah. To piss off the most people in Los Angeles possible. The um, yeah. I, I think I would go Astros. Who, this applies to Verlander as well because of the other stuff going on in the American League with Atani and Judge. They've won 102 games again, and it just like they just sort of happens, and no one really seems to talk about it. And everyone was going giddy when the Yankees won like 12 yeah. games at the start of the season or something. The Astros just let yeah. like all-star level players leave every year and then do it again. Jordan Alvarez seems... I mean, I don't know. I don't, it's probably a bit much to say he's underrated, but it's obviously all the attention that on Judge with like the records and stuff, but he is just... And I think I said when he came up and was immediately really good, it was like, this guy's meant to be a really good hitter, and then he was immediately. It's like... Okay, it seemed like... It seemed then that he's not just one of these guys who's going to fade, but like he, he might is just, just... Be that guy. Yeah, just like hit three hundred, hit four. I mean, months. I think saying he's underrated is not is not inaccurate. He's got an OPS over a thousand, and you just wouldn't know that he exists. Even I kind of think, by definition, because of the, in some ways, like understandable bad feeling towards the Astros, they are almost all underrated. Is you just like. No one really wants to talk about them. Everyone just sort of pretends it's just... And they, they're winning by so far, there's not even like a division race to talk about. And the same's happening with Verlander. Yeah. I mean, what he's doing is absolutely insane. 
come off, come off at surgery at 39 years old. Yeah. I mean, when he came back, we were talking about it, weren't we? How ridiculous it was. Yeah. Like, oh, it won't carry on that well. And it has. Still got a 1. sub 2 ERA. 1.82 ERA, 163 innings as well. 6.1 hits per nine. Yeah. That is an absolute nonsense. He's doing it in a slightly different way as well. He's like striking out fewer. He's got the best uh, walk rate of the Statcast era. Highest ground ball rate of the Statcast era. Highest ground ball his rate? Highest I didn't ground ball that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, his. Okay. Because he's still striking out like quite a lot, obviously. Yeah. I was going to say. He's become a submariner. Um, so that was my little plea for the Astros, basically. Um, they also seem to always get through at least one round of the playoffs. They got the oh, I've, I've yeah. got the Astros win the World Series. Verlander gets at like, the final out, big hurrah, all that stuff um, over the Mets. Because I just I can't really I can't really get my head around the pitching situation they've got potentially or should have. Um. Yeah, that that is the kind of stuff that I mean. Well, it feels almost like the old postseason, like probably like eight years ago now, or something, and before. Although the Nationals but, also well, won it twenty nineteen by just having did. starters and one reliever. Yeah, that's probably, yeah. At that point, I guess that was a throwback as well. But yeah, I I think yeah, it still obviously helps a lot. But it's less, it's like less of a thing now, isn't it? I swear it used to be what it felt like it. It was more about like who has the best stars was like such a huge factor. Although, because um, I swear last post is I'm not talking about like teams obviously do some bullpen games, but like being too aggressive on the bullpen seemed to be a problem with durability. Yeah. Even in the, who's gone really deep without having starters that are giving like quality five plus innings? Yeah, the, yeah, the World Series stars. winners I, and the teams that get to the World Series I, have that. I think that is my anything as well. Though sometimes it, it's about the manager. Yeah, and I guess basically with having to come and show that you like know they will be. Yeah, you don't in. have to think about it. Like there's a lot of other guys where it's like certain managers will just in the postseason game will pull them really early. Well, Dave Roberts is obviously being guilty of that on a couple of occasions. And yeah, and that's where you end up with problems. With just the bullpen guys having to or the piggybacking a starter yeah. on another starter using one of your aces in relief. Yeah, I think you don't have a starter tomorrow. For... Yeah, some like, managers be yeah. guilty of play, taking everyone like it's a game seven, even in game two. Yeah. Is that the trouble? Is you, yeah, you did win game two, but you now don't have anyone to pitch for the next three games. Um, and I just think what that that advantage that gives you is just mental. Um, and maybe that's part of what I was waffling on about with like the idea of certain like starting pitches or how you can believe them doing a playoff game is about the depth. Is there's lots of starters who can do like two times through the lineup and be dominant even against a great lineup. And they're out after four innings yeah. and then it's like, but if you've got if that's what your rotation is, you then have to find loads of other arms. Whereas with the Mets just like I mean I if they end up in the wild card round, I just I mean I think they're gonna go through like, I'm very confident in that part it's more the extra innings it puts on them that I would maybe worry about that later on 
Yeah, that's fair enough. Right, let's um, let's wrap yeah, up there. We've, we've completed baseball right. now. So, yeah, um, for another few months. <laughs> probably not. We'll probably do some in the postseason. Um, then, yeah, if it's your first time listening, then um, you can subscribe. You can find us on some podcast platform and subscribe to us if you want to. If you're still here. Um, and otherwise, you can, you know, look at the website, bookmark our, the website, then come back. Please. <laughs> yeah, please. Bye. Bye.